0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. So welcome to our Father's Day service. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, spiritual and physical. We love you. We thank you for everything uh, that you pour out into the community and into the families. And we just want to honor you and appreciate you as we've been doing today. And I just want to, um, I guess... Gloat on my own initiation ceremony of bags under my eyes. Check out these fat bags under my eyes. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, these bad boys are the trophies to early dadhood. That's right. I got my very own trophies. Love- Vanessa and Elias got me this uh, best dad ever mug this morning. But uh, let me tell you, there's no trophies like these bad boys. walk around with them all day, every day. And um, as humans, we tend to take things for granted. And let me tell you, being a new father, I can't begin to tell you how much I took sleep for granted. It's the truth. And uh, sleep has easily almost become an idol in my life. And I uh, definitely realized it took it for granted pre parenting. And this week, Elias seems to have started teething, I think. We think it's teething. And uh, he's just super restless and is up for most hours of most nights at the moment. And so, being up, me person being up for so many hours. Um, wait, wait, one second. The next up. Can you turn your volume down, please? <laughs> Vanessa's listening to me preach in the other room. I can hear myself feedbacking. Um, so this week, um, on such little sleep, that we've, I've even begun to hallucinate uh, hearing Elias cry in the middle of the night. And then I wake up and I say, Vanessa, Vanessa, get him. And I realize, oh, wait, he's not actually crying. That's how That's how little sleep we're talking about. And even when I tend to, even when I manage to get to sleep, I actually find that um, I have dreams of Being up on my feet rocking Elias to sleep like he's, he's still awake. It's like I can't get out of it My point is this sleep is a beautiful 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 thing and don't take it for granted Everybody say I won't take it for granted. Come on. I won't take it for granted That's the key thing here. Do not take it for granted cherish it and it's a message for new fathers everywhere Uh, So, on taking things for granted, uh, the challenge this morning, uh, this Father's Day, I think it's a great time to consider, uh, have we taken fathers for granted, you know, have we taken fathers for granted? Today, we're looking at the story of a father in Luke uh, 15, who was taken for granted by one of his sons. We we know him as the prodigal son. Uh, another word for prodigal is is reckless. He's just the reckless son, and he took his father for granted. He he failed to see the face behind the fortune that he could access. And uh, t- today I want to share a word called the father, the son, and the filthy pigs. All right, the father, the son, the filthy pigs. Don't take that father for granted in your life. Don't take that father for granted. Think about. A father, right? Um, being in a relationship with a the father, the father having the father in your life, their investment—it it means relationship and and wisdom and leadership and perspective and faith and love and all these like uh, you know unimpriceable things—and uh, it's far greater than the inheritance that they give. You know, like the investment that they can give, like they can pour into. You is better than the inheritance they will leave you, I believe. You know, the investment of relationship versus the inheritance of resource, I believe it's better to have them around and to be in a relationship with your fathers. And uh, they invest in you far beyond what you're even aware of, like, uh, especially becoming a father now, like, I'm thinking this, I'm, we're pouring so much into little Elias, you know, sleepless nights and taking him to doctors. And when he was first born, he had this skin condition, buying all sorts of creams, looking after and he'll never know those things. He'll Understand those things. Now consider all the things that my parents probably did for me. And there's a lot that happens. There's a lot that fathers do behind the scenes um, that we can easily take for granted. And and you might say, well, my dad. Isn't in the picture? Well, let me remind you as well. God, the Father, does the same. Okay, in the creation story, think about how He prepared the whole world for us before we were even around. Think about the salvation story, where you know we know His words are, "While you were yet sinners, I died for you." And that's God's heart—that He would die for us even in our sin, before we knew Him, and even if again your dad's not in the picture, get a dad in the picture. Uh, God has put spiritual fathers in your midst. This is the truth. God has put spiritual fathers in your midst. Will you embrace them is the question. Will you tear down the walls um, and allow them to father? Um, spiritual fathers do the same, right? The, the things behind the scenes, they pull love, they pull prayer, they pull grace and faith and they risk and they trust. And uh, I think even about um, maybe some of you have considered this, the the, uh, the Nicotra pastoral team. It seems at the moment, the eldership team is pretty much made up of family. And... Uh, Uh, don't worry we are training other people Um, but this is honestly though this is actually a first in the 30-year history of GGC it's never been like this and and I think we can be unapologetic about family because God is so um, he works so much in family and I think I think we can read it and see the prophetic picture of of what God wants to do in his church. That he wants to draw us closer again. That we would have this, you know, this love for one another and this honor within family and this covenant and relationship uh, between family. And the point is, I think the blueprint for church and for life is family. So much of the wording in scripture is family, family, family. So um, I'm not teaching here on how to be a father. I'm still hurting myself. But um, I kind of want to, Rediscover and reinstate our value for fathers this morning. So we will be looking at the famous uh, Story the prodigal son, which I believe actually Revolves around this father. It's a story of a father first. Okay, so let's let's read this story the father the son and the filthy pigs Okay, let's read it out. Check it out Uh, Luke chapter 15 verse 11 so we're reading from verse 11 Luke 15 verse 11 if you've got your Bibles and it goes like this there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to the father father give me my share of the estate so he divided the property between them now this is interesting imagine your son coming up to you and saying hey give me my inheritance now before he's dead it's like kind of spitting in your father's face. It's almost like you're saying, you're as good as dead to me. And even though this story starts with, there was a man who had two sons, starts with a father, it quickly uh, shifts gravity over to uh, the the need of the son. And uh, it's written with the father as the focal point, but the son quickly takes attention. And we see that the son begins to take everything and he creates distance, it says, uh, the father divided his property in verse 13. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Wow. So he takes the, he takes the inheritance and he spends the resources, which is finite. And uh, we actually see after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So we spent the resource of the father, the finite resource, once he cut a relationship, and he became in need when hard times hit. And um, I think one thing that we can just, a side note from this, something we can take away from this is the fact that when hard times hit, when famine comes, uh, it gives us an opportunity to reevaluate where we are. And it's not just, you know, it's not just a quick sort of, um, It's not just a quick, you know, obvious answer of, okay, I shouldn't be here, but it's just have a look at what got you there. And for this particular uh, son, he got here by being reckless, by being prodigal, by leaving the father's house. And um, so we continue reading. and It says that, you know, he went off. So after he, he had spent all that he had in verse 15, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Now pigs were filthy and considered unclean um, in Jewish tradition and we find, we see here that the son found a solution that broke his values and to the filthy pig and he lowers his status. He removes himself from the father and he spends all that he has and finds himself empty and again in need and begins to lower his standards. Lower uh, his status lower, his identity forgetting who he was and becoming something completely warped. And and it says he he hide himself out. And then in verse 16, uh, it says he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. Now there's a prophetic word for those of you that have uh, pod machines, coffee pod machines. That is not real coffee. That is demonic coffee that needs to leave your house in this moment right now in the name of Jesus I'm joking I'm joking uh, if you like it for coffee that's fine but uh, these pigs were eating pods so uh, just a side note there um, it's a dad joke for Father's Day I guess and uh, so it says that he, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating but no one gave him anything so he it says then, it follows on and it says that he comes to his senses. In verse 17, he came to his senses and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Here I am starving to death. So he comes to his senses, um, you know, and he starts to consider uh, his father's covering again, you know, from wild living, unsustainable and irresponsible. Uh, he compares that to the, the fact that there are um, there are servants in his father's house that have food to spare. This responsible amount of excess and prosperity. And he, and he sees, man, these, must, these servants had it better uh, than I did. And so he goes, it says here that he comes to the census, verse 18, I will sit out and go back to my father and I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you. That's him having revelation and repentance and bringing this honor back. And he says, uh, he's going to say, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. So he heads to his father with this plan in mind. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. What a picture of a father. This is beautiful. Filled with compassion. Not filled with like all these bad pictures of who his son is and what his son had done to him. Filled with compassion. This is a godly father. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him, embraced him. This is beautiful. The son was looking for distance. He went off to a distant and far land, and the father closed the distance. He wrapped his arms around him, and he embraced him. We see that the father here is actually quick to restore, because the son starts to say, Father, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But in verse 22, the father says to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. And I think there's so much that's happening here. I think like the the robe that's being put on on this on this son is like the covering and the the, the mantle and the support is being reinstated. The ring, he's being given authority again. The sandals, his, his status is. Being restored, the fattened calf that's usually prepared for uh, someone visiting of importance, and uh, it's like it shows that the son is worthy to be to, to be lavished again, and uh, we see that the father celebrates the son for who he was, because he says, uh, "Let's bring, let's, fat, let's kill the fattened calf for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found." So they began to celebrate. Now this is a jam-packed uh, bit of scripture and uh, let's just talk about some of the uh, elements of the story the father the son and the filthy pigs um, so the father right um when it, when you think of dads a lot of things probably come to mind you know dad jokes maybe gross jokes uh, plenty of cringe moments I'm sure uh, but and, and you th- sometimes maybe you, you think about your father's and you're like man you're embarrassing. <laughs> but don't forget, before there was a son or daughter, there was a father and a mother. The story didn't begin with us. It actually began uh, with the father or the mother. And uh, and yet, it's as if it does. It's as if they, they live their lives um, as uh, poor, as a kind of like a willing sacrifice, that they want to do all that they can to cover you, to bless you, to lead you, to prosper you. And uh, I think we should look at this and we should... Think about how safe this should make us feel. Um, I, I've heard the story of when my dad first uh, had me and he first saw me in the hospital and he, and he picks me up and he's carrying me and he, he said that he saw my face and he just realized in that moment that, wow, I can't live my life for myself anymore. I gotta live it for you. That's that's what he was realizing in this moment. I, honestly, history must be repeating itself because Elias was born covered in poop. He literally came out covered in poop. He pooped in the sack uh, before he was born. And he came out covered in poop, but we still loved him. And in a similar way, we're born into sin. We're born a mess. Why are we still sinners Christ died for us? And uh, and we know that our Father loves us so much, even when we mess up. And we need people in our lives that will be there when there's nothing to take, when there's nothing that they can be blessed. Like there's, there's nothing that Elias could offer me in that moment but his poop. And uh, the reality is this, the Father, God the Father loves us for who we are, not for what we can bring. And there are fathers, there are spiritual fathers that I want to encourage you to appreciate, not take for granted in your circles, because a father gives when when a son often just receives. And consider this, right? The intent of a godly father is to raise up, this is their intent, to raise up godly men and women. That's their intent. So I challenge you, submit yourselves to God-fearing fathers, not perfect fathers, God-fearing fathers, uh, physical and spiritual. And uh, I believe there is, you gotta believe that there is something to receive. When I submit, I believe that there's something to receive. I think Sam mentioned this and Josiah posted recently, this is something that Bill Johnson shares in his groups. um, And it's this idea of, do you have someone in your life that hears God's voice better than you Now i think this is a question of humility you know it takes humility to be a son uh, especially as humans i don't know what it is but we tend to love to run our own race and to prove ourselves and to start something and uh, it just even though we're communal beings there's just so much you know um there's a lot of breakaways and protests and i'll prove you and i'll show this i think it might be a result of broken families in the past and uh, generational issues of, of missing fathers, absent fathers. Uh, but here's the thing, right? Do you have someone that hears God's voice better than you? It's going to take humility to believe that someone might hear God better than you. And uh, I think this wraps up the purpose of a father really perfectly. Um, I think about my dad's own relationship with his dad, my non Um He didn't have the best father-son relationship, right? But the father heart of God became uh it caused him to be the best dad ever. He he learned what it was to be a dad through the father heart of God. Now, he partners and he submits to people all around the world as godly authorities into his life. Right? It's easy for him to just be a, you know, a one-man show, but he actually calls people up for thoughts and advice and prayer. You know, do let me tell you something. Do it yourselves, DIYs are overrated. Do it with others. Do it with others. Uh, Every time, me and Vanessa, even though sometimes a bit slower, we build something together, we fix a cupboard. um, It ends up taking longer, but it's a lot more fun. There's a relationship involved and you're better off. And um, we need fathers, right? Fathers fathers bring a whole lot to the family. And I just want to let you know that uh, when we honor them, our lives uh, will be transformed. And so I want to talk about sons. Sons and daughters, obviously, but we're talking fathers, sons, and the filthy pigs, uh, sons and daughters, right? Uh, submitted or not, uh, when you know a good father, the next step is this, to trust them. Um, not in their perfection or our idea of perfection, because we've all got an opinion of what perfection is and, and what the right will is and the right direction is. Um, but, but we trust in the goodness of that father, the good intent of that father. And, um, something that I've also, um, learned along the years of being a son, not just to my dad, cause my dad is both my physical and spiritual dad, but I've got many people that feed into my life. And I just, I just know this, if for some reason you think that, and this takes a lot of pride to even think this, but if for some reason you think that there's an issue in, you know, leadership or in, um, you know, in a father figure that God has put into your life, let me just tell you this, God will not punish you or hold you back for honoring and submitting to the father figures that he's put into your life. If there is an issue that where they holding you back, let me just tell you that God always rewards the faithful. He always, He you, we see it all through scripture, it never had anything to do, the people that God, you know, placed the spotlight on, never had anything to do with status, it never had anything to do with You know, prowess and skill. It was about obedience. It was about faith. And so, uh, what I want to challenge you to do is, when you know a good father, the next step is to trust. Um, I remember learning to drive with Dad, right? And for a dad to uh, allow a child to learn to drive with them, it takes patience, right? He has to trust. Um, and and let me drive something that I can completely wreck you know a a vehicle that costs a couple you know thousand or tens of thousands of dollars and it could cost a lot of money when I got my L's all right I got my my learners uh, permit you know when I was first starting to drive a car and um, my dad's in the car I actually got my first speeding ticket on my L's with my dad in my car in the car and um, so he wasn't watching in that moment. But here's the thing, this is what I wanna I want to bring up. Does that actually disqualify him from speaking into my life and leading me? No, I don't think so. Um, because I don't end up any better by cashing out and leading my own life from that moment. I still don't know how to drive a car, right? I'm still on my L's, there's still things I gotta learn. And I believe that uh, we need to remember that just as um, sons are learning, fathers are learning. And you gotta give fathers a chance to learn and um, they bring stability and direction and safety, and I wouldn't know how to drive, I wouldn't know where to go, Um, even though he he missed something. You know what, I'm better off um, in the majority because of what he did bring, rather than driving on my own. And let me tell you this, you have blind spots. You probably don't know this, you have blind spots we all do the whole thing about blind spots is that you don't know that you have them uh, you can't see them and that's where fathers come in very well um, with great perspective and oversight and wisdom and often experience the thing is trust and faith is the key say it with me trust 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 and faith is the key you got to trust that they know where they're going. You've got to have faith that God has put them in that position. Consider the reckless son. He was convinced that he could manage his father's funds better, that he could provide for himself a better life. He actually lacked trust and he lacked faith for the future with his father. And uh, I apply faith and trust during submission because though I disagree at times, I trust the fruit of my father's life you know and the people that I look up to if, if I if I'm looking for someone that that I can you know submit my life to and model my life after um, I will I will look at the fruit of their life and say you know what I'm going to let them lead me because uh, I don't have those fruits yet and I desire to gear my life for similar fruits and I want to I want to say this we've said it before at church submission isn't submission if you submit until you disagree let me say that again submission Is not submission if you submit until you disagree and here's the thing and especially when we're talking spiritual fathers physical fathers you don't really get to choose but with spiritual fathers if you go and you you go you know you find someone or you go you go to a church you plant yourself somewhere it's easy to consider spiritual fathers as less covenantal as less blood you know uh, fixed Um, but here's the in the issue uh, therein lies where when someone disagrees it's kind of like this consumerist mentality of going shopping for a new father or a new church and uh, I just want to remind you that it takes trust and faith to submit when you don't disagree and I think about whenever I've gone through a Macca's drive through and every now and then and out of the outlier moments every now and then there's no salt on the chips Uh, there's missing pickles or they've missed maybe sometimes you know you order the uh, the 12 pack or the 20 pack nugget if we're being real get the a 20 pack nugget and they miss a nugget god forbid don't be sad um the reality is that i would never let that tarnish my relationship with maccas because i trust that the next time i order i'm probably not going to have the same issue okay so what i want to say this i want to say is this as a son as a daughter don't let a bad earthly father relationship harden you towards spiritual father relationships um, and relationships with God, your relationship with God the Father. I've seen this tragedy happen too many times. Roaming believers, unable to settle, you know, in in family and issues of distrust and lack of faith. Um, it's it's something that can cause a lot of issues. Now, let me clarify. This isn't to say that there isn't a day where the son should leave home. Okay, um, there is a right way, time and process to leaving the father's house. But you never break relationship, I don't believe. Um, you think about, uh, I, actually, this morning. This morning or last night, I had Elias on my lap. And he was reaching out for something and he began to roll off. And he, he just, you know, he just thought, if I lean over, I'm going to get that toy. But he would have fallen off and probably hurt himself. And you got to think the, the how about how the prodigal son would have left assuming he knew better or he assumed he was leaving safely, right? Um, but... The reality is there is a right way to leave your father's, you know, um, covering. And I believe this, right? In scripture, um, there's a lot of evidence that points towards leaving home looking like cleaving to a wife or multiplying. And I think leaving has a, uh, a lot less due to differences, a lot less to do with differences, and a whole lot more to do with increasing. And, uh, and, and the partnerships and relationships remain, okay? And then another clarification this isn't to say that a son or daughter remains in submission to ungodly father figures obviously we're not talking about that but submit yourselves to parents in the lord for this is right as the word says seek out what you can submit to Let me say that again seek out what you can submit to don't look for what you can protest as a son so honor to restore your father. If you've got, if there's father issues or you know that your father has weaknesses in areas or he's not the best father, let me just tell you something. I would encourage you to sow honor into his life. It's easier to criticize than it is to celebrate. Let me, I mean, it's painfully obvious that dad sucks at tech and at computers, but he's great in the word, okay? And so I'm gonna celebrate uh, the the incredible, um, the incredible gifts that he brings to my life. Even Frank, Vanessa's dad, he's not much of a cook because he's got so many incredible you know, daughters and he's got his wife cooking in the house. But he taught me a heck of a lot about cars. And honor allows the ceiling of someone to become the floor of another. And so I encourage you to honor the fathers. And lastly, let's talk about filthy pigs. Okay, we're just going to roll through this. Filthy pigs, okay, filthy pigs... Uh, the, it, to be found with the filthy pigs is when you find yourself compromising who you were called to be. Okay? This son took the father for granted and after leaving his covering, chaos ensued. And I think the result of a fatherless people and a fatherless generation and fatherless churches, we end up playing around in the pig pen. Right? The, the alternative to the father is looking, for, uh, looking to the pigs for provision. Okay, lowered standards. God is calling you to give up when you when you're going to the pigs, and He's like, "Hey, leave the pigs." He's only calling you to give up what you were never meant to be. And um, when we lower our standards, we deviate from our Father's covering. It's not worth it. You know, when we try and we try and you know pioneer our own way. Like I said, when I was built, when I build things with Vanessa, though it's slower. It's better. It's beautiful. What counts at the end, like as, as one Corinthians thirteen talks about, whether I prophesy like this or I move mountains like this. If I have not love, I am nothing. And uh, we lower our standards. We we end up messy, right? And um, this week um, we were feeding Elias some solids. We started feeding solids this week. I'll, I'll start wrapping up. We we're feeding uh, solids to elias and he loves it you know um he's he's, it's like he's discovered this whole brand new world and sometimes he gets impatient though so we're feeding him with a spoon and we've got this little bowl and sometimes he gets impatient and what happens is he lunges he lunges for the plate and he creates a mess and i freak out about the mess i think mom did that to me but uh, i'm i I love i freak out about the mess and elias is grabbing all the food and he's slobbering it everywhere and look, it's fine because he's a child. Uh, but what I what I what I see in this is that he can't even fit all the food that he's grabbing into his mouth, right? It's the lack of. It, it seems cute when he's a child, but if if a grown adult kept doing that, you'd know there'd be an issue. Um, and so he's grabbing all this food, and it's the lack of foresight and experience in in him that um, doesn't cause him to consider the fact that he can just be patient. The food's going to come. Food's going to come in the spoon and. all he thinks is yeah I need more of that but not the how or the when the spoon-feeding is the strategy and I believe our fathers have a strategy when we deviate we can get messy God empowered them to be gifted at bringing direction and identity and purpose and wisdom and and strategy and um, I think yeah I could talk a lot more about this but I'm just gonna keep I'll move this on a little bit more let me see what I should share That might be for another word let me just say this okay don't take fathers for granted I believe that society as a whole deviates away from where God wants us to be when we break away and when we choose to go our own way and this season I want to challenge you to consider uh, either of these two things what are you doing About the relationship you have with your father and can you be honoring him more than you are today I think if we continue to honor our fathers and if we continue to honor physical fathers so that we can help be involved in transforming them into the person that God wants them to be and also if we can involve spiritual fathers into our lives to help build us up into who God called us to be through faith and trust because you need that I think the world would be a better place. And so today, I just want to say, I appreciate my father. I appreciate my spiritual fathers. And I just want to say, I would not be, and it's not about me. And it's Again, it's like like the story in scripture quickly deviates from a story about the father to a story about the son. But I, I look at myself, I'm like, wow, thank you, Lord, for the father that I have. I know I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have the father or the fathers in my life that I have today. And uh, I want to challenge you. To consider your life as well if you find yourself at times feeling like you're in a pig pen in a bit of mess and a bit of mud reevaluate where you are and uh, maybe go to a father go to a spiritual father ask for some insight ask for some direction ask for some love let's not rid ourselves of the privilege of having fathers in this era I think fathers are the key to our future so I'm gonna wrap it up there and uh, some of the other stuff I was gonna share I'll probably share another time all right We're going to pray. Father, Heavenly Father, we just want to say we love you and we honor you. We thank you for all that you are. You are beautiful and you are wonderful in every way. And uh, we just pray that this morning that you would stir us to uh, reinstate honor, reinstate um the the picture that we have of fathers in our hearts lord and we just pray that you would reconcile um sons and daughters to their fathers and father that you would reinstate spiritual fathers in families as well father we just thank you for who you are and the, and the example that you set for us in jesus name and all god's people said amen amen, amen.